I'd like to continue on a theme that I began last weekend with the sacrament of reconciliation. Last weekend I preached on the reasons why people might not go to the sacrament of reconciliation, why they might delay making their confession. Today in our gospel, it seems that we have an appropriate opportunity to talk about the act of contrition, because Jesus tells the woman, really commands the woman, go and from now on do not sin anymore. When a person celebrates the sacrament of reconciliation, they'll make their confession of sin, and then there'll be counsel given, a penance assigned, and they'll pray the act of contrition. And in the traditional words of the act of contrition, it says that we will sin no more and avoid the near occasions of sin. Really, in a sense, calling to mind that mandate of Jesus to sin no more. But when we go to the sacrament of reconciliation, we might have our laundry list of sins that we confess. And we might say, well, how is it that I can sin no more when I have so many sins? Or how can I grow in virtue and reject the vices of my life? I'd like to maybe offer a few tips that might help us to try to live this command of Jesus to sin no more. I think the very first thing to do would be to identify the sin that you want to work on, that maybe there's one or two of them that bothers you more so than the others, to identify it, to name it, to say, this is what I want to focus on, and then to begin that path of trying to avoid it, trying to sin no more in that way. Once we identify that sin, well then, Maybe to think about the different situations in which I'm tempted in that sin. For example, if I drive on the highway and I get upset at drivers who are cutting me off or not using their directional light, and I'm tempted to flip them off or to do something on the unkind, well, I know when I get in my car then that that will be possibly an occasion where that will arise but I'm already confronting it, already placing myself in a mindset saying, well, I want to reject this, and I'm going to try not to lose my temper in this way. Or maybe it's realizing that, you know what, every Thursday night I tend to fall into a certain sin with a group of people or whatever it is. But once we know that, well, then we can have our guard up, and because of that, then maybe... We will reject the sin, we'll choose to do good, we'll sin no more in that way. Another thing we can do, I think, is to rebuke the devil. This is something that Dr. Edward Sri talks about in the fifth week of the Bible study that some of our parishioners are doing during this Lenten season, the biblical, the biblical walk through Christ's passion. In that film in that series, Dr. Sri talks about rebuking the devil and his discouragement. That maybe when we want to overcome a sin in our life, we might become discouraged. This is impossible. I don't know if I can do it. And then we might then give in. Or we might try to convince ourselves, what does it really matter? It doesn't matter at all. And so that's the voice of the evil one. And He says that we rebuke the devil. We try to get rid of that voice of the evil one who's trying to lead us astray. 
Even Jesus in the gospel says, get behind me, Satan. And when a temptation arises in our life, well, then we have an opportunity to rebuke the devil, really to send him back to the netherworld. Then the next thing, perhaps, is to decide to do the right thing. Once we have all these things going for us, then we have the choice. The temptation is there. We can either rebuke the devil and say no to the sin, or we say yes to it. But to decide to do the right thing. There might be a few different things that encourage us, that might help us, reminding ourselves of why it is we should do the right thing. For example, we could remind ourselves that sin offends Jesus, hurts the church, and other people. That when we sin, for example, if it's in gossip, if it's unkind speech about another person, well, that's hurting that person's reputation. So that sin is hurting that other person. We remind ourselves of that. Or in the church, sin has a corporate nature. We're all connected as members of the body of Christ. And as such, then, every sin hurts the church, the body of Christ. When one member hurts, the whole church hurts. But sin also offends Jesus. It hurts Jesus to a certain extent that when he was dying on the cross, as he took upon all the sins of the world that had been committed and that would be committed, Every pounding of the nail was really for the sins of our life. So maybe meditating on Christ's passion through the way of the cross, through the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary, it reminds us that we don't want our sin to cause any more pain or hurt to the Lord who died for us. We also might consider heaven and our judgment before God that heaven should motivate our actions. This is where I want to live in eternity. I don't want anything to take away that citizenship that Christ has given us in heaven. And that can motivate us to always choose the good, or maybe that judgment, that when we go before the Lord at the end of our life, when we give an accounting of all that we have done, well, do we want to really justify certain sins in our life? And so maybe that can inspire us, encourage us, really, to sin no more in some way. The very last thing, I think, is simply to realize our need for help. That's divine help, but it also could be actual help in this life. The divine help is praying, saying, Lord, I know I am weak. You can make me stronger. It's naming the grace saying that I struggle with patience, and so, Lord, help me be more patient. Whatever it is to pray that God will help us in that way. But it also might mean with some sins in our life that maybe we need to talk to someone else, to reach out, to have someone help us, to guide us. And in that way, they might also help us to sin no more. These are just a few different tips that I think that can help us to live that command of Jesus that he tells that woman in the gospel today, that he reminds us every time that we celebrate the sacrament of reconciliation, to sin no more. Perhaps if we put into practice some of these things, we'll realize that little by little, the sins of our life are going away, they're disappearing. And what Jesus really says is true, that we sin no more.